Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Justin Kinner with you here, bringing you not just another week's edition, but a second week's edition. We have two episodes we're releasing this week. We're excited about Horizon League play officially tipping off, even though it always sounds weird when I say that, because a lot of teams that are 2-0, and 1-0, 0-2, 1-1, 0-1, whatever it is, they've played technically a conference game or two already, but nonetheless, it is all hands on deck. It is full steam ahead. It is all Horizon League play moving forward, and everything officially tips off, uh, not just this weekend, but uh, as I'm recording this and going to release this today, tonight, uh, Horizon League play officially uh, tips off as well, which I'm pretty excited about. We've had a chance to catch up with some of the voices throughout the conference that have a front row seat that get to take it all in. There's no one, there's no, uh, you know, individuals out there that know their respective teams more than the play-by-play guys and the color analysts, than the, than the radio or the ESPN Plus broadcasters uh, who sit there and bring you the action every single night. And uh, that's what we've been enjoying doing to tip off the season nonetheless is just catching up with those individuals. And that's what we're going to continue to do here today. Earlier in the week, we had a chance to catch up with Rob Schmidt, who's been calling Youngstown State basketball for over 20 years. One thing that Rob and I talked about was how fortunate the Horizon League is to have so many great play-by-play and broadcasters throughout the conference. Chris Collins at Wright State, obviously Rob Schmidt doing what he's doing uh, over over there, uh, you know, with Youngstown State, uh, Neil Rule, we mentioned him. Uh, Kuklinski, who's doing over at Green Bay. I mean, he's calling both the men and women's uh, basketball. And I wanted to continue that trend today because I'm really excited. I- I've known uh, Mr. Jim Kelch, who is our guest on this week's edition or this week's edi- second edition of Reach the Horizon. Longtime voice of the Norse in Northern Kentucky, Mr. Jim Kelch. Jim, welcome in, sir. It's been a while. Yeah, thank you, Justin. Appreciate your having me, and uh, I'm glad to be thrown in with that group of distinguished announcers around the Horizon League, and you're right. I think the Horizon League is very, very fortunate to have so many good play-by-play guys out there. And uh, just because I mentioned those names and didn't mention others, there's a ton, there, there's so many. I was just throwing out a couple that we've had the chance to talk to already, so I'm definitely not leaving guys out, that's for sure. But uh, first of all, uh, you know, it, now that we're officially jumping into conference play, you heard me touch on it a little bit. It's weird. We're saying they're jumping into conference play. They've technically already played a conference game, talking about Northern Kentucky and the rest of the league, of course. Do you like the fact that, that conference games are, are tipping off, you know, some random weekend late in November, early December, and then we don't play conference till the end of December. Do you like those early conference games? Well, what I like, Justin, is a full round robin. And so if it means we have to play an extra week in, in November of conference play when normally conferences traditionally start in January, if it means we have to play an earlier weekend to get that done, I'm more than uh, happy with that because uh, the round robin part of it to me is what really makes this league unique in in that uh, not every league around the country is able to do it so I'm glad the Horizon League is able to do that yeah another point of emphasis on the scheduling model too not just with the Horizon League games the round robin played earlier um, it's the you know 
forcing teams to put more, uh, you know, quad one and quad two games on more by games, if you will. Uh, do you like that element? I mean, from a fan's perspective, you're getting to see your respective teams go up against bigger branded programs. Uh, but depending on what coach you talk to, I know Greg Campy, who who loves to play those, you know, high major programs on the regular. I've talked to Coach Nagy at Wright State, who doesn't particularly enjoy loading up a schedule that way, but if they have to do it, they're going to do it. What's your takeaway on that? Well, I think uh, from a fan standpoint, certainly it is more interesting. I mean, no offense to the uh, Cincinnati Claremonts and Cumberlands of the world, but I think when fans look at the schedule on an NKU side and they see they're playing at Middle Tennessee, they see they're playing at Cincinnati, uh, at Eastern Kentucky, those games have more juice to them than uh, the non-Division one games. So that is helpful in that regard, particularly if there are away games and you can drive to them. This year, NKU was fortunate enough to have Akron at home, and that'll be, I believe, a return game next year. So, uh, yeah, I agree with with uh, having a good schedule because fans look at it and say, hey, let's go to this game. Let's go to a few more games because the schedule is good. And it also helps you uh, get ready for the conference schedule on the NKU side at Middle Tennessee State, at Washington, at Cincinnati, at Illinois State, at St. Mary's. Those are probably teams that are equal to, if not in some cases, better than the teams they'll play in the conference. So you play against those teams, you hold your own, you find out what you have, maybe some of what your weaknesses are, you can adjust and get ready for conference play. So from a broadcaster's standpoint, and remember from a league that only sends one team to the NCAA, it really matters what you do during the conference season for seeding and then the conference tournament to get into the, the big, pardon me, the big dance. So it really doesn't matter if you lose those games other than from a win-loss uh, column uh, look at your schedule. I'd rather play those games, maybe lose some early, and look like you're not as good as you think you are and get into the conference schedule and be good and say, see, those games early helped us to get to where we are now. Yeah, and a lot of times, too, when you cover mid-major basketball, you can you can kind of get a feel for how a coach in a program feels their team's going to be that season. For instance, if you're going to if you had to blow up the roster and bring in a bunch of transfers and you have a pretty young roster and you look at the schedule and they haven't really put some big programs on there, that right there is showing that okay, we're we're trying to implement just a a winning culture right off the bat. Let's just get them used to tasting victories while we're trying to figure ourselves out at the same time. Um, and then you could tell the teams that have a veteran unit. You know, you look at Northern Kentucky's roster, bringing everyone back from last year's tournament team. You look at the the returning experienced players at Oakland. Wright State played a very challenging non-con. The teams that are veteran-led, they've challenged themselves in the non-conference. And the teams that are trying to figure themselves out, like Purdue-Fort Wayne, we're going to learn a lot about them. Um, they had a little bit of a lighter non-conference. There's no right or wrong way to do it, but it, there is a way to set up the, the kind of build to establishing what your team's going to look like come what you said, the most important time of the season, which is conference play. No, I, I agree with you, Justin, on that. And uh, when you look at schedules, uh, for instance, you mentioned Purdue-Fort Wayne. They are 11-2. and two. They did just lose at Pittsburgh. But when you look at their schedule, you look at schools and you think, well, I don't know much about them. I don't know much about them. Where do they stack up in their conference? So are they legitimately 11-2 and two good? Are they 11-2 and two because of who they've played or maybe somewhere more likely than not in between? I know in looking at their roster, they brought in three very good transfer players to couple with three players that they have coming back from last year. So I think they're pretty darn good. But you just don't know by looking exclusively at their record because of who people play. 
Jim Kelch is the voice of the Norse in Northern Kentucky. Uh, awesome enough to give us some time here today. Horizon League play officially, uh, you know, tips off. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take a look at the, some of the games lining up this weekend, including who the Norse have. But uh, before we get to Horizon League play, let's talk about the Norse because they, they what I really enjoyed about programs like the Norse and even Wright, Wright State, who I work with over here. I know Wright State had Tanner Holden transfer out, but what's been impressive during this transfer portal era and the NIL era is you would expect to see a lot of these top rosters in the Horizon League gutted every year. Um, and what I've been impressed with is the Darren Horn, uh, you know, the, the job that him and his staff have done to, to kind of keep that roster intact. Uh, what Coach Nagy has done at Wright State, what a lot of coaches, Youngstown State and Calhoun's done a fantastic job. In, in today's era, you know, it's so easy for these high major programs to just use a mid-major conference as a feeder system and just to continue to pluck players. It's very refreshing to see uh, Northern Kentucky and Wright State and some of these others where these players who have left either come back or don't leave at all. And really, that goes back to, I mean, I remember, you know, just how that's been the case at NKU for a while. What's your take? Were you surprised that NKU was able to bring so many of the, that core back from last year's tournament team? Uh, no, I wouldn't say surprise, Justin, only because I, when I look at players and, and why they transfer, I think it's because of two things. One, they want more playing time. They feel like they're not getting maybe the time that they deserve. But two, and maybe equally as important, if not more, is a winning culture. And they transfer from schools where they're not playing much and they're not maybe winning much to a program where they can win. And I think with NKU, they've been very fortunate to uh, win a lot. In, in the years that they've been in the Horizon League. And so players like, like Marquez Warwick and uh, Sam Vinson, Trey Robinson, they're, they're, they're getting their playing time. They're, they're winning games. And maybe they, they look at themselves and say, am I a better fit at a, a XY program? Maybe that's at a higher level. Maybe not get as much playing time. Or am I better suited here where I'm getting a lot of playing time and we are winning and going to the NCAA tournament. So I think when you weigh all those things, you think, well, maybe I'm better off where I am. The old cliche, the grass isn't always greener. And in this case, I think uh, with the success that the NKU has had, maybe players look at that and say, you know what, you're right. We've we got a pretty darn good thing going here. I think I'll just stay put. Yeah, we saw that. Uh, Tanner Holden was such a weird situation at Wright State because it was one of those where after the Wright State had um, won their first tournament game in program history, he was a 20-point-per-game scorer, had a great tournament run. Uh, he leaves to go to Ohio State. I hated to see that, but I was like, but he he's earned that, right? But when he got there, it's, man, I'm at the Ohio State, right? I'm at Ohio State, but he didn't get the same opportunities he did at Wright State. He wasn't the big man on campus at Ohio State, and what was so unique, I can't think of a time where a star in a mid-major program leaves and then comes back. And that situation at Wright State was very uh, rare and just something you don't see often, but very unique as well. But, uh, yes, just the, the, the consistency with the rosters and even the coaching in the Horizon League is really what has allowed. I think the conference, we talked about it last year, Jim, I think the conference is really deep last year. I think it's just as deep this year. The consistency with the coaching tenures have helped uh, these coaches keep their programs intact with a lot of these core players that they've just continued to develop over the years. Well, you're right. And the fact that uh, usually in this conference there's three, maybe four teams that, that, that uh, are at the top of the, uh, of the league in the upper echelon of the league. Now this year, if you look at it with uh, with Wright State and, and Northern Kentucky, you've got Purdue, Fort Wayne, you've got Youngstown State, you've got Cleveland State, you've got Oakland. It's top-heavy in terms of really good teams. And remember, only four teams 
make the quarterfinals in terms of hosting a game and that fifth team gets to play in the quarterfinal round but has to go on the road. So even out of that group of six, somebody's not going to make that that top, top cut. And two of the teams aren't going to be able to host. So it's very, very competitive. And from an NKU standpoint, looking at the schedule, they start after the, the restart, I guess, which is, is this weekend, at Purdue-Fort Wayne, home against Youngstown State, at Cleveland State, at Oakland. So they go through the, the major gauntlet of it right <laughs> off the bat. And uh, so we'll kind of see where they're going to stand right now, particularly with the loss of Sam Vincent. And that, that was going to be uh, my, my next point, um, was just the impact of injuries. You know, we've talked about all the players that came back and, and the familiar core that was a part of that tournament team last year, Horizon League champions, of course, in, in northern Kentucky. But uh, losing Vincent, that's a, that's a huge – or Vincent, I'm sorry, that, that's a huge deal. Just talk about kind of what when did that happen, what played – you know, what led to it, and just kind of how the team has responded after the news of, of his, of his uh, absence for the year. Well, it happened in the first half, late in the first half, out at St. Mary's last week. NKU was down, I think, five at the time, around two and a half minutes to go in the in the first half, and really were holding their own against a very good St. Mary's team. Sam drove down the lane, did a little jump stop, and pushed off again to go to the basket, and when he did, I talked to him afterwards, and he said he heard a pop in his knee, and he knew that wasn't good, and, uh, you know, if you've been around sports enough, you can kind of see uh, the pain that people go through on an ACL injury. He grabbed his, his left knee. He put his jersey up over his face. He was in obvious pain. And uh, you've seen a number of those. You know kind of, or you figure what the injury might be. And, and uh, when he did get back into Cincinnati and did have an MRI, it was confirmed that he did have a, a torn uh, ACL. So he'll have surgery sometime in January and is lost for the year. So, I mean, this is a big, big part of this team. I mean, he's a preseason second-team all-conference player. He's a league leader in steals in each of the first two years that he played in the Horizon League and a huge part of the NKU team. So they'll have to figure out a way now to fill what he averages around 34, 35 minutes a game and what they're going to do with that and who will pick up the the scoring slack. And here's Sam averaging about 14 or so points a game. Uh, preseason polls when they came out, obviously you had uh, you know NKU right there at the top, and rightfully so. We talked about bringing that core back and how instrumental that was. Um, and I, I don't always mean to go back to Wright State; it's just me, you know, working with them. But right, Coach Nagy talking with him, he talked about the challenging non-conference and said that you know he knew they were going to challenge themselves, but he still expected more. He, he didn't expect to be six and six heading into conference play. He thought they would be a little bit further along just because of the experienced players that they have. You look at NKU with that experience core, seven and six throughout the non-con. I know we've lightly touched on the teams that they've played, but just to go back to that quick, seven and six, have we seen the best of NKU yet? Like, have they been able to kind of get it going, or has it been kind of a slow start? I don't want to judge them off of a record, but is the record an indication that they've yet, even before the Vincent injury, to get it going uh, full speed ahead, if you will? I think they've done pretty well, uh, because of what you touched on earlier, Justin, and that is the returning players. They've added some guys, the post players and key in the and the former green Bay player, Cade Meyer into the system, but uh, they did not play well at middle Tennessee state to start the year. They played very well out of Washington and got beat there, did not play well against Cincinnati, but really since that game, and that was uh, mid November or so they've been very, very consistent. Uh, they went to Illinois State, a team that's picked in the middle of the pack of Missouri Valley and had a shot to tie the game at the buzzer, didn't get it done. Uh, a loss at home to Akron by one and where they had the lead with nine seconds to go. And uh, just a great play by Akron, won the game on a stuff uh, as time ran out. 
Uh, played very well against the team, uh, Eastern Kentucky, uh, that has picked to win the A-Sun. In fact, NKU in this pre-conference schedule has played four teams that are picked to win their conference. So I think that says a lot about how they scheduled this year. They went one and three in those games, but were in three of the four games. The only one they didn't play well in was the opener at Middle Tennessee. So I think they were really in good in in, in a good in a good role, playing well, playing together, people understanding what they were uh, supposed to do, and uh, they were in that St. Mary's game until the injury, and then it kind of took the uh, the wind out of everybody's sails seeing one of their main players, Vincent, go down with two and a half minutes to go in the first half. All right, Jim Kelch, voice of the Norse in Northern Kentucky, awesome enough to jump on as a guest uh, for our second podcast release of the week, Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League, of course. Uh, Jim, a lot of big games this weekend uh, to tip off uh, the, the return of Horizon League play, if you will. It starts tonight. Again, we're recording this on a Thursday morning. Oakland uh, will open up at Cleveland State, and then some big ones tomorrow. Wright State at Green Bay, Northern Kentucky at Purdue-Fort Wayne, Detroit at IUPUI, and then Milwaukee will host Robert Morris. I'm intrigued. I love tonight's matchup, Oakland at Cleveland State, but I'm, I think the biggest game of the early slate right now, NKU, Purdue, Fort Wayne, opportunity for NKU to show who they are without Vincent, but also a, ch- a chance for Purdue, Fort Wayne. They've, they're feeling confident with their 11-2 and record coming out of conference play with so many new faces. A win over NKU, that would really help their momentum nonetheless, but I think that's the big matchup of the weekend right there. Well, you got to give John Kaufman credit, uh, head coach at Purdue Fort Wayne. I mean, he lost all five starters from a year ago, brings in three players via the transfer portal that are doing very well for them. And then three guys who had limited roles for their team last year have stepped up and done a nice job. So uh, I watched some of their uh, Pittsburgh game the other day. They did not shoot the ball well from distance, which really is atypical of them because they are the top three-point shooting team in the conference right now. They only made, what, five threes in that game at Pittsburgh, but I think they have a very balanced team. If they have a weakness, it may be that they don't have as much depth as they would like. They probably go six, maybe seven players. They get a decent amount of time for them, but they have a nice post player and, and Eric Mulder. They got uh, uh, a terrific Division Two point guard in Rashid Bello, who was the uh, player of the year in the GLIAC last year. So uh, you add players like that, and uh, uh, they've always done a decent job. They're a very good team. Um, when they played in the Summit League, and uh, they're slowly but surely coming around here in the in the Horizon League. So, yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be a big test, and we're going to kind of play in the intimate setting of the Gates Center over there, not War Memorial, which yep. is massive, but in the smaller Gates Center. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. All right, well, good stuff. Jim, thank you so much, sir. Uh, I'm calling the games with Wright State for right now. It looks like uh, the next chance for me to get to visit with you will be February 4th when Wright State visits NKU. Uh, So I have that circled and looking forward to catching up with you then. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate the time. All right, this has been Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League.